You're listening to the 1208 Podcast from 1208 Greenwood Free Methodist Church in downtown Jackson, Michigan. I almost set the church on fire once. My dad, why, I shouldn't tell you the story. Never mind, let's move on. <laughs> uh, I think it's in the front room. I appreciate your great faith in my ability to probably pull this off anyways. Um, she's ready to go, yeah. Uh, I, my dad used to have this trick. He would tell the story of when Elijah calls down fire from heaven, and he's a children's pastor, so it's got to be entertaining to keep him engaged. And he lights this thing, and the fire moves all the way down and then sets some flash paper on fire, and the whole thing just... <laughs> so I was like, how would I entertain the kids with that? Like, I'll try it out. It's like, what did my dad use? Tissue paper? <laughs> so, so I was just in here. I was like, let's see how tissue paper burns. So I'm like holding it, and then I light it on fire. And then it just starts moving up towards my thumbs. I'm like, I did not think this through. <laughs> and then I like dropped it and it fell on the floor. It's like, ah, I did this. <laughs> that was like 10 years ago. So I've learned my lesson since then. We're all good. Yeah. All right. Not sure why I shared that. Okay. So uh, we are going through the Gospel of Luke and we are now entering Christmas season. And uh, this baby that's been born for us is a king. And that's, that's one of the things that we're told right in the Christmas story is that the king of the Jews has arrived. He's been born somewhere. And here at, at 1208 Greenwood, we have the mission statement in Jackson as it is in heaven. And when we talk about heaven, we talk about it as a kingdom. It's, it's God's kingdom. Actually, the Bible is going to use two different terms for it, depending on which gospel you're reading. Some are just going to call it the kingdom of heaven, and some are going to call it the kingdom of God. It's the same exact place. But the gospel writers would use different terms depending on how they wanted to emphasize it. And one of the difficulties with the modern age is that when we think of the kingdom of heaven, we think of it as a place in the sky that you go when you die. But that's not the way that Jesus talked about it. Yes, he did recognize that that's a part of it. But for him, heaven was on a moving truck making its way down to earth when we lived out the politics of heaven. What I mean by that is not earthly politics. I mean like the Sermon on the Mount. The way that Jesus comes about as king and proclaims the ways in which we are to live are Jesus' politics. So when somebody slaps you and you turn the other cheek as a way of showing enemy love and encouraging them like you're really going to do that again and then you make them face themselves, that's a, a tactic of the kingdom of heaven. That's a politic of the kingdom of heaven. That in heaven, we don't attack our enemies and kill them and go to war with them. We just preach enemy love, and we win over our enemies. And if they kill us, from a heavenly perspective, that's okay, because we'll be back. The worst they can do is kill us, because Jesus promises those who become citizens of heaven that this is not the end of their life. We will not just drift off to heaven, and that will be the end. No, Jesus says, one day I'm coming back to judge the earth, and when I come back, I'm going to bring all y'all heaven citizens with me, I'm going to give you all new bodies to live in that are immortal and can live forever. And we're going to change the earth back into the fullness of Eden like it was always supposed to be. And so right now in this phase, we are living in, in everything from Genesis right until the end of Revelation. 
Because the other bookend of Revelation tells us that the kingdom of heaven one day is going to come in full, which means in this period right now, we are not just trying to live a life as though when we die, we go to heaven and leave this earth to burn. We are living a life where we are trying to install heaven in Jackson, install heaven in this world by living out the politics of our king, Jesus, or our president, Jesus, if you will, because I know we don't talk about kings that much anymore. What Jesus says goes because you are a citizen of heaven. He also calls you ambassadors of heaven, which means you're the representation of heaven on this earth. If somebody wanted to see what heaven was like, they would go to you as the embassy to say, well, here's what it looks like in this place if you're looking to go there and check it out. All that being said, I'm going to last week we preached on Jesus casting out all the demons that come his way. Today, we look at all the healings that happen, and then I'll kind of bridge the gaps for you here as to where I'm going. So Luke 4, 38, and he arose and left the synagogue and entered Simon's house. Now Simon's mother-in-law was ill with a high fever, and they appealed to him on her behalf. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. And immediately she rose and began to serve them. Now when the sun was setting, all those who were sick with various diseases brought them to him. And he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And demons also came out of many, crying, You are the Son of God! But he rebuked them, would not allow them to speak, because they knew he was the Christ. He is the Christ. He's the Messiah. He is the King, the one who has come to save the Jews. Now, it wasn't time, and to save all of us who put our faith in him. It wasn't time for people to know that yet. That would basically get Jesus either exalted to a human throne, which is not what he was going for, or it would get him killed way too early. I don't know if you've realized, but Jesus often tells people to stay quiet when he heals them and things like that. It's not because he doesn't want God to be um, celebrated or anything like that. It's because he's trying to protect himself. Every time word gets out, people flock to him, and then he can't do the ministry that he came there to do, and he actually has to leave the town and go somewhere else. So he often would be like, be quiet. Same with these demons, be quiet. Yes, he is the Christ, but this is not the time to be talking about that. Same when he shows his disciples. He goes up on the mountain transfiguration. They see him, that he is the Son of God, and he tells them, be quiet. Now is not the time to talk about this. You can bring it up after I've passed. And now we have the story in our Bibles about it. Um, but in this story, you have the king of heaven living out the ways of heaven. And in the ways of heaven, demons don't exist. They don't belong in heaven. Some of them were prior angels and they've been kicked out of heaven. And in the kingdom of heaven, sickness doesn't exist. Paul's going to rave about this later, that we will also be metamorphosed into a new creation that is immortal, that has no sickness, that can't be hurt, that can't decay, that sees no corruption. The bodies we have on right now that experience all of that, one day we will put on a body that does not have that. And so Jesus comes as the king of heaven, and heaven breaks through into the people around him. See, we often think of healing in, in these lights of just like, yeah, if you pray, it, it might happen. But have you ever thought of healing 
as something that heavenly people do? That that is a part of the ambassadorship of heaven? And what's beautiful about this passage is it starts with something small. Someone has a fever. In heaven, there are no fevers. And Jesus just kicks it out. He rebukes it, in fact. Rebuke is often a word used in relation to the demonic, so it's possible that this was brought on from a spiritual force. Maybe, maybe not. I've actually seen when sickness is demonic, it's very easy to stop it. There's been many times where I've been doing deliverances where the person gets an extreme headache, and I'll just say, stop the headache now in the name of Jesus, and it goes away instantly. Or they'll lose their hearing because the demons try to block it out so they won't listen to me talk. And I'll say, stop that, give them their hearing back in the name of Jesus, and it'll come right back. Like, those kinds of healings are simple because you're targeting the source, and you're just telling it to cut it out, and you have authority over it. But that's similar with what the gift of healing is, is that Jesus deposits an authority into you to speak healing over sickness that comes your way, even when it's scientific. And just as we saw last week that Jesus reigns over all demons and therefore casts out every demon that he comes in contact with, even when it's hundreds or thousands within the Gerasene demoniac, the same is true about healing. That when Jesus comes in contact with sickness, which does not belong in heaven, the king of heaven tells it to go away. And it always goes away. There is only one time where Jesus is unable to heal as much as he wants to. Anybody remember when that is? It's when he goes home. The Bible tells us he wished that he could heal more than the few sick people he did, but he didn't. And for a long time, I was like, well, people must have just not had the faith or something. I don't know how that works. What happens when Jesus can't heal people? But I would propose to you that it makes sense that people never came to him for healing in his hometown. Because they... They tended to reject him in the hometown. And so when he would come, it was like, who, who would like healing? Who would like healing? Who would like healing? I was like, nah, I'm not going for that. But Jesus could have, and Jesus has that strength. There's other times, though, where Jesus shows us, like, you got to press in for healing, too, right? I mean, when he goes to uh, the blind man, he, he does something to try to help him see again, and he does. He sees again, but only a little bit. Everybody looks like walking trees. First off, I, I don't know how you come to that conclusion. Has he ever seen a tree before? <laughs> you know? uh, whatever the case, Jesus prays for him a second time, and then he's fully healed. So if Jesus has to pray twice, of course we should pray as much as we have to. If Jesus has to go home and face his struggles with trying to bring about the healing that he truly wants to bring about, then guess what? You're going to face struggles when you come across people that you want to have healing, but they don't quite want that from you. Have you ever prayed, asked a person if you could pray for them to be healed, and they said no? Hands up, hands up. Yeah, a few of you, a few of you. Uh, I know uh, um, I've seen this happen all over the place. The weirdest place that I've seen it happen is here in church. <laughs> Like, I get it when I'm on the street and I go up to a stranger like, hey, can I pray for healing for you? And they're like, no. But when it's somebody that, like, I've known for a long time, like, can I pray for healing for you? No, I'm okay. It's like, We're in church, dang it. This is the place where this kind of stuff happens, you know. Um, but healing, healing is a Jesus thing because he is the king of heaven who can do that. Now, as far as the gift of healing goes, 
it kind of happens in a few different ways. Number one, the gift of healing in the Bible is plural in a sense. The idea is there's actually different kinds of gifts of healing. So some person might be gifted with the ability to bring sight back to the blind, and that becomes a common thing. Some person might be gifted with the ability to bring back hearing in a person, and that becomes common. With Heidi Baker, that's become a common missionary tactic, is she kept praying for this gift because God told her she was going to have it. She prayed for every blind person that she ever saw, and no one got healed. They always got saved, which is nice, but they never got healed until one day, after pressing into that forever, someone saw. And then people started to see all the time. And so she would go to villages throughout Mozambique, bring them up, pray over them. They'd be healed in front of everybody. And everyone would be like, oh, whoever this Jesus guy is, he's real. Because we just saw him heal someone in front of us through this ambassador of heaven, through this citizen of heaven. Where this person comes from, we want to go there too. Do you step into people's lives as a bridgeway between heaven and their mess? Because Jesus did. There's nothing too small or too big that he, he can't heal. And I know that brings a lot of questions when he doesn't. And that's hard. But we always pray. We always hope. We always press in regardless of what we see. There are many times in the Bible where God has told someone, hey, this person is going to pass, or this person has a sickness that will take them, and this is just the way that this has been, that this is going to go. And so there are times where we do face death, and you know what? Guess what? Every single one of us will. None of us in this age are so healed that it would make sense that when we're 110, we're like, God, why won't you heal me, right? We know that would sound ludicrous because we know in this age that eventually we all go. But it's still okay to press in and say, Jesus, we know that you healed, though, and we know that we're your citizens and ambassadors, so we're just going to pray and hope and, and continue to pray no matter what. And I've seen that in deliverance, too. There are times where demons don't come out very easily or simply, and I have to spend a long, long time continuing to pray to see it come out. The same sometimes is true with healing, and then sometimes not. And that's a, that's a tricky thing. It's a tricky thing. But when you understand that the gift of healing is in the Holy Spirit, and that is, it is a piece of heaven, it is the fullness that is to come for us, full bodily healing, then you recognize that sometimes that full bodily healing of the resurrection can come out of you through the Holy Spirit and serve someone around you. Do you live that way? When you see a sick person, do you think of the fact that you could pray and maybe see something happen? The answer people usually get is, no, I never see people healed. To which I respond is, do you ever pray that people get healed? <laughs> to which I usually hear, no. <laughs> Guess why you haven't seen it? I mean, this, is, this is a gift, I think, further up the ladder of, of gifts. Because when you heal people, people will flock to you. And Jesus needs to trust you if he's going to give you a gift that people are going to flock to you over. And so if you press in and you receive that gift, then you need to use it correctly to, to bring about what people are looking for. 
What I love in this passage, though, too, is God's grace in the healing, right? It's just a fever. It's going to go away. He didn't have to heal that, and yet he does. Have you ever prayed for a small healing? I've experienced that before. It's weirded me out. I've shared the story before. After I painted a bunch here at the church, I went home. My feet hurt, and I prayed the prayer, God, would you... Would you consider asking my wife to have sympathy to massage my feet right now? And I was like, nope, that feels like a weird prayer. I mean, you could heal it if you want. And instantly the pain was gone. There's just a very dull pain left. Why did God heal my feet? They would have healed in a few days. I don't know. He's just gracious. Sometimes he just does that. And a little bit of heaven broke out. On me, as I sat up, laid on my bed in, in, in the pain of my feet. Suddenly it was there. God is gracious. He's compassionate. And the list of miracles of healing, I mean, they get crazy. People with metal plates in their body who don't have metal plates anymore because God healed it. How does that even work? <laughs> you don't know until you try. And the stories that can come out of this church when Jesus steps in and heals people, they've been great. We've had someone who was headed to the doctor because they had a tumor on their heart. They got to the doctor, the tumor wasn't there anymore because you prayed. It's that simple. And if it doesn't happen, just keep praying and ask God what you should be praying for. There are all kinds of healings. There are physical healings, there are inner healings. There are the healings of casting out demons. I remember uh, a friend of mine told me a story where um, somebody was getting sick and they were praying for them. And the person fell to the ground and shook under the weight of the Holy Spirit. And they thought to themselves, all right, this is it. They're going to be healed. This is the moment. Like they only had a few weeks left and, and now God is doing something great and they're going to get up and and it's going to be gone. The cancer is going to be gone. They're just going to be ready to go. And the person got up off the floor after shaking around for a while and said, what happened while you were down there? And they said, God gave me a list of every person that I need to make amends with before I go. They made the amends, and then they passed. But was that not a healing It's not the kind of healing that we always hope for. That's a lot of lives impacted that after that person would have passed, would have uh, apparently carried a lot of that weight after. That was healing for more than one person. Uh, even in my own life, when my grandpa passed, um, he had been getting sicker at the time, and I remember him coming to me and just saying, Jamin, I, they're talking about possibly having to put like a feeding tube down my throat or something of that kind of degree. And he just thought to himself, I really, I don't want to have to live like that. And we prayed together about it. And uh, I was told later, I didn't know this, but I was told that some of the things that he was doing before he passed, it just sounded like he was like getting ready. Like he knew that there were some things that he needed to take care of before he passed, and he was making his rounds and, and doing that. 
He passed. It didn't feel like a healing. But at the same time, God used him to bring about healing before he went. That's kingdom of heaven politics breaking through. Forgiveness is healing. Letting go of bitterness is healing. Trying to make amends is healing. Reconciliation is healing. And all those things belong with King Jesus because those are not the natural ways in which we live. And when you live with Jesus as king, these kind of things will break out of you. Sometimes it will be the supernatural stuff of the kingdom of heaven, but sometimes it's going to be the personal kind of healing of the kingdom of heaven. Sometimes it's going to be that inner healing of heaven. Sometimes it's going to be the small things like a fever or foot pain, but other times it'll be a metal plate dissolving. It'll be, I've heard a story of somebody's had no finger and it just grew back right in front of them and had the same nail polish as their other fingers. I like to get that one on VHS when I get to heaven, if that's how that works. Just never know the things that can happen. Uh, I've probably shared this dream before many times, but I'll end with it. I had a dream in my early years here at 1208 that was in a desolate place. There was a giant prison, and uh, uh, there were a bunch of prisoners inside. And that was a little strange to me because it seemed like the doors were just wide open. Like getting into this place was not going to be that difficult to free people. And so me and uh, a mentor of mine who especially was adequate in the ways of the Holy Spirit, adequate, adamant, something, something glorious. <laughs> uh, we decided we came up with a plan to kind of break in, which was easy, and then get people out, which was hard. Is that not the way that life usually goes? Getting into people's lives sometimes is easy, but uh, getting into people's personal prison with them is often easy, but getting them out of their prison, that takes time. But we managed to find a way. We got them out, and uh, one of the parents of, of a family in that prison just said in the dream, like, they pointed at the stars and just said, that's you. I said, what? <laughs> what, is, what does that even mean? That's gibberish. And then we got out, and I was hanging out with some kid from one of the families later in the dream, and uh, we were just lying in a field looking up at the stars, and the kid pointed at the stars and said, that's you. And I looked at the kid and said, why does everyone keep saying that? He said, because you are from another place. That's you. You are not from here. Yes, you're made of dirt like everybody else. But as a resurrected, pre-resurrected Christian human being of the second Adam who is Jesus, you are already being reconfigured by the Holy Spirit to not be from here. You are a citizen of heaven. You are an ambassador of heaven. You are from another place. And if all people ever see in you is the ways of earth, in your personality, in your ministry, maybe even in your supernatural uh, movements, because maybe you don't leave space for that at all. If all people ever see in you is the ways of earth, then it's time to really, really lean into King Jesus and say, 
how can I practice what you teach? How can I live like you lived? How can your spirit infuse me with the ways of heaven that they might break out of me and reach others? And the answers often start with just being open to it and being willing to follow where he calls. And that is not always easy. Praying for a sick person is not always easy. It's especially not easy after they're not healed. And people make a lot of weird theology when they don't see people healed because they want to be defensive, like, oh, it didn't work. Well, it's your fault. You didn't have faith, I guess. Nope. It's not how healing works. It's a very vast subject that takes some time. But we pray, and we pray, and we pray. And we pray, and we pray. Sometimes we see it. Sometimes we don't. And one day God will explain. Um, the book of Job is always a reminder to us that even when we're facing difficulties, there is more going on in the background than we realize, and that God is always good. And if we start to frame him in the ways that we don't understand about what's going on in the background, we start to frame him in a character that he is not. And then we can lose faith once we've done that. But Jesus tells us that when we've seen him, we've seen the Father. So when we look at Jesus and we see that his, his will is always to heal, we look at Jesus and we see that he's always trying to heal more than people will let him heal, then we recognize that God truly is good. Because if that's what God looks like, well, then can't be much better than that. So Jesus, here we are. We want resurrection to break through. Uh, some people here need resurrection to break through in their own bodies. They've got sickness, and they don't know what to do with it. Would you, right now, bring about your healing? And whether we see it or not, we will recognize that you are good. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who were thrown in the fiery furnace... And they said, God will save us, but even if he doesn't, we will worship him. May we have that mentality when we don't understand. God will heal us, but even if he doesn't, we will worship him. God, for someone who's sick in, in our lives that we need to be praying for, would you help us pray for them? And would it not be a low level, like I'm going to pray from a distance and not try to get involved in their life? Let us actually take the step of faith to, to see that healing and go to them and say, I'd like to pray for you. And I don't know what will happen, but I know what can happen. And that's what I want to lean into. And Jesus, for all that inner healing that we need, sometimes the harder and greater of healings. Would you help us with that? We submit ourselves before you because we are not our own king. We are not in charge of who we are or how we think. It's all about you. And if we think it's all about us, then we are not practicing real Christianity because we are submitting to ourselves as God. It's about you. So break through in our lives and break through out of our lives that we might be citizens and ambassadors. And may we share the testimonies as we see them come in. In Jesus' name, amen.